Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. One community in St. Louis has been hard hit by the coronavirus pandemic. These are the transgender and non-binary people living in the area. Studies show that they were at high risk for homelessness and some mental health issues even before the coronavirus upended the entire world. Now things have become even more difficult. And my guests are here today to talk about it. That includes Sayer Johnson. He is the co-founder and executive director of the Metro Trans Umbrella Group. Sayer, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And we're also joined by Ash Valentine, who is living this reality right now. Ash, Hello. welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> and your voice sounds so cheerful. That's great to hear. I know that it's <laughs> been a hard time for all of us. Um, Sayer, I want to start with you. Can you give us a little bit of context? What do we know about how transgender people were doing overall in the U.S. before this pandemic? I mean, prior to the pandemic, we were struggling, um, emerging certainly as a community, but struggling. We have higher rates of unemployment, of uh, being unhoused, healthcare disparities, and um, also having compounding health effects that um, are impacting our community. So what are you seeing within the population that your organization works with um, now that things have gotten so complicated everywhere? Well, I think the largest pivot is prior to the virus, um, we had a small food pantry and we served approximately 30 folks a month. And now we're serving 30, we can serve up to 40 people in a day. So the food insecurity need has skyrocketed. Um, on the social emotional front, we're, we've moved to all online social emotional support and those have been flourishing as far as online support can flourish. A lot more folks have joined in to get that sort of um, Zoom support that we're now the model that we're going to instead of in person. Zoom so it's both support. Like, I, I love the right. sound of that. <laughs> right. I, it's vital, though, because, you know, prior to this, oftentimes our folks, the only support that they were getting was the once a week or the once a month support groups. And so that's vital to mental health prior to COVID and extra vital now. So people are definitely taking advantage of this food bank. They're taking advantage of these virtual sessions. That's a good thing people are taking advantage of it. It sounds like the bad thing might be they're taking advantage of it because there's some real needs here. We we were not prepared for the amount of need. Um, we really, when you talk about rapid response, that's what our team did. It's been amazing to see and a daunting task. Now, Ash, I understand you're dealing with some of this yourself, that you had yes, a job that was, was based in retail. Uh, yes. What happened? Well, um, at the start of the, well, this was even before we all went into quarantine in St. Louis. Um, at the start of the outbreak, um, essentially, like, our upper management and corporate was like, hey, so we're going to, like, give you guys, like, a paid leave of three weeks. We'll see how this works. And then if it's not done by three weeks, you guys are, I guess, out of luck and just apply for unemployment. And so we waited the three weeks and now I'm on unemployment. And it's it was really scary, not going to lie. You were able to get then that state unemployment. I know that's not easy to do. Um, yeah. Thankfully, I, I was able to get it. Okay. So you do have some money coming in, but it's not from the job that you used to be able to get that paycheck from. Yeah, no. Um, it's it's really daunting. Like I'm still waiting on my first check and I, it's just, 
it's constant stress. Not so, gonna lie. So waiting for that first check, um, yeah, that's got to be so hard. Do you have enough at this point to be able to pay the bills you have to pay? Um. Well, thankfully, my landlord is freezing all bills at this point. Um, and they're just like, you know what, pay what you can. If you can't pay, that's fine. Um, and they're just letting us like, you know, take it easy because they know everyone's being hit really hard by this. That's a good landlord. Yeah, no, she's awesome. I love her. She's also queer. So like, she's great. So she has some sympathy for what you're going through. Yes. That's great to hear. Now, Ash, I understand you're also a drag performer. That work also has to be affected by this. Yes. Um, All of my bars that I usually perform at um, are completely shut down. Like, we've all gone virtual. I actually have a show that's going to be virtual um, next week that's going to be featuring a lot of my sisters and um, my Chicago drag mom. Um, It's called Not Your Average Waifus. Um, it's like an anime um, comic book theme show, and it's going to be really awesome, and I'm really excited for that. So most performers have gone digital, um, and they're getting their tips via Venmo and like Cash App instead of like in person now. So it's it's pretty cool. Are you able to make as much money from a virtual show as you would from something live in person? From what I've seen, I would say no, um, just because like there's just sort of like the aesthetic of like running up to a drag queen and like tipping her or or king we gotta we gotta shout out the kings too they're important um giving them your money there's just a certain i guess je ne sais quoi to that um but like venmo you have to open an app and you have to leave the performance and there's just all kinds of just barriers to it. So I'm assuming probably not as much. Okay. So I'm wondering with, you know, these these couple jobs where you've seen your income severely reduced, and then you're not able to get out there and perform in real life, you're doing it virtually. Which part has been harder for you, the lost income or the lost socialization? Honestly, for me, it would be socialization. Like, I love the social aspect of drag. Like, I care less about the money part. Um, But like, the socialization is a huge thing for me just because I love community and I love especially the queer community in St. Louis because there's just a certain um, togetherness um, in being a performer and being a representative of that to the public as a drag performer. Now, Sayer, with the Metro Trans Umbrella Group, are you seeing a lot of people who are in that situation as Ash where maybe, you know, they're able to cover their bills right now, but they're just really missing out on that human connection? I mean, we're definitely seeing that. And I I think Ash is an exception to what we're experiencing as far as landlords who are being loving and kind. Mm. That is not the case of a lot of the folks that we're engaging on a regular basis. They're frightened. They're frightened that they're going to be kicked out of their homes. They're frightened that they're not going to be able to pay their electric bill or their gas bill or whatever. So there's just an enormous amount of fear. And without that community, communal spirit that we have worked so hard to create for ourselves, it's really taking a toll on folks' mental health. Mm-hmm. Now, Sayer, I know your organization operates out of an apartment that's also become a home base, and you use it a lot for meetings um, prior to all this. I imagine you can't even provide that sort of stopgap um, housing help now that you're worried about, um, you know, you don't want to be a, a conduit for spreading this. How are you able to deal with if somebody's really in, in trouble and needs a place to stay? 
Right. And so it's actually a house. Um, but we and we've basically converted it from a big hangout space sort of drop in community center into a gigantic food pantry. Mm-hmm. What we do for folks generally, because there are very few systems in place for unhoused people, if you're not queer and if you're queer, it's there's even less. Um, unfortunately, what we have are sleeping bags and tents that we can provide for folks. We have lockers that folks can use and have their own lock. I mean, it's, it's really, it's frightening. It's a frightening time. Mm -hmm. Um, And prior to COVID, it was already abysmal. And now it's, um, there's just sort of a level of hopelessness, but we do our best. We certainly feed folks and we can give them a temporary shelter. And we try to connect them with other queer folks who can take them in. But again, so many of our folks have compromised immune systems. It can be a really frightening thing to take in a person you don't know if they've been exposed. So, um, you know, we're just trying to be creative and supportive and loving, but it's been very, very challenging. Ash, do you feel like uh, members of this community are, are stepping up to try to find ways to help each other when there is some sort of need that maybe can be met? Oh, definitely. Like, um, a lot of the queer people that I've kn- known and that I've come to love in my year actively being in the queer community um, like we go above and beyond trying to help our own, uh, just because like some of us, well, most of us have come from, well, not very good living situations. Um, I know I personally didn't have a great experience personally growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so having the connections that you can get in the queer community is great because we all are trying to just help each other, like, you know, survive and just be happy. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Say you're at the same time, though, a lot of this costs money. You know, the emotional support is is so important. But you're also talking about a food pantry and and you've got massive need there. Um, Do you have the financial resources to help the people who need help at this point? (laughs) Well, this was not a line item in our budget. It's not not the (laughs) line item that it needs to be. Um, We've had an enormous amount of support from the local queer community. Specifically, uh, we have an Amazon account and folks have filled that so many times for us, and we're grateful. The St. Louis Community Foundation provided us a, a grant that has helped us get a deep freeze and shelving, so all of that. But we're scrambling, and without in-person opportunities to sort of ask for money and to engage in traditional fundraising ways, um, you know, we're, we're struggling to think of creative ways to fund uh, this crisis. But we are powerful and strong. And, you know, queer folks really do step in and step up for each other. So if you um, if people are hearing this, and they feel the call to help, maybe they haven't been involved with your group, but they they feel um, some identity with with what people are going through, what would be um, the best way for them to financially support you? If you log on to our website, which is www.stlmetrotrans.org, we have a Donate Now button, which the funds uh, can go directly to the outreach and support that we're doing. And as mentioned before, we do, we, you know, Amazon is we problematic in a lot of ways, but right now it's really saving a lot of our folks. So we do have a, an Amazon account that people can grocery shop on. And we also lovingly accept folks to bring us food to our doorstep, leave it, and we go outside and get it. <laughs> okay. So you've, you've been able to make a safe transfer there if people have actual yeah. food donations. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's been wonderful and very helpful. Well, it's good to hear that, um, you know, you're finding ways to get through this. You're finding ways to meet all these needs that, that you're dealing with. Ash, I did want to ask you, I know Mayor Lida Krusen is saying she's getting ready to reopen the city and we're still 
looking to hear about the details. Um, but as of May 18th, some things may be open. Bars may be reopening in the next couple weeks. Drag performers may be able to return. How do you feel about getting back out there in a situation like this where there's so many unknowns? Well, while I would love to get back on stage as soon as possible, I think most drag performers should think responsibly in a situation like this. I think we should all really consider um, those that are autoimmune. Like some of my best friends in drag and drag have compromised immune systems. Mm-hmm. So for the sake of them and because I absolutely love these people, I personally will not be returning to the stage until a little bit after everyone else just because one i am trying to work on perfecting my drag for my character harlequin and also uh for the sake of my friends Um, so it'll probably be maybe june by the time i get back on stage and and sayer what about for in-person meetings at the metro trans umbrella group do you think if if the mayor's restrictions allow for small groups to gather that you guys are going to be ready for that or will you want to wait a little bit um, organizationally, until we can get access, I mean, on demand to testing, and until we know that there is a vaccine or some sort of treatment that's uh, available to all folks on the horizon, we are not going to gather in groups larger than 10. We don't feel like it would serve mm-hmm. our folks who are compromised with immune systems well at all. So, no, we are on pause for the time being until, you know, on demand testing and a vaccine. Okay, so you guys could be waiting a bit, but in light of some of the concerns you're saying with immune systems, it sounds like that is the smart way to go. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Sayer Johnson, executive director of the Metro Trans Umbrella Group, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. And Ash Valentine, um, thank you for, for joining us. Of course, anytime. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.